Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, today on Kidney Talk, we're going to be talking about a very important initiative that Renal Support Network is very excited about. It's the Kidney Health Initiative, and the Kidney Health Initiative is a partnership between the American Society of Nephrology and the Food and Drug Administration, which is bringing together, you know, different people in the community to come together to really try to work to help and, you know, hopefully find a cure for chronic kidney disease. And today we have Dr. Roy Shottery, and he's a physician, and he's the co-chair of the Kidney Health Initiative. So um, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on this show, Laurie. Um, So you reside in Cincinnati at the moment, and your specialty is on vascular access research. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So two things, really. Uh, A lot of my clinical work uh, is actually in transplant. Transplantation. Uh, so uh, on the clinical side, I'm a transplant nephrologist, which is a great profession to be in. But what we've really been able to build up in Cincinnati over the last 10 years in this area of vascular access is that we've been able to develop a very translational sort of bench-to-bedside program, integrated program for dialysis vascular access, uh, which goes all the way uh, from... Uh, a lot of biology and genomics uh, and animal models uh, of AV fistula problems and PTFE graft stenosis, but it goes from the basic science uh, in the animal models to actual clinical trials where we try out in Cincinnati or we test out new therapies for dialysis vascular access dysfunction, wraps around uh, uh, fistulae and grafts and other therapies. And then we go from the clinical research all the way into uh, an actual clinical program, and I'm the medical director of a vascular access center where we actually perform angioplasties and stent placements and and tunnel dialysis catheter placements and and removal. And and the goal really is, and our hope is, that this sort of very integrated bench-to-bedside program uh, can actually have an impact uh, on improving dialysis vascular access because, again, the, the two things that have driven us to this program in vascular access really have been, uh, one, that uh, vascular access without question is uh, the lifeline for everybody on hemodialysis, uh, but yet because of the problems associated with vascular access, uh, vascular access in many ways is also the Achilles heel for hemodialysis. Uh, the way that we look at it, uh, however, uh, in our group is that while it's clearly a huge challenge, we see this actually as a a great opportunity to be able to make a meaningful impact on the lives of patients on hemodialysis. You know, like you said, I've uh, I've had more vascular accesses than I choose to um, talk about. Um, but one of the things that I was so excited when, you know, I saw you at American Society of Nephrology at ASN, and, you know, I go to that meeting. I've been going to that meeting for 20 years, and uh, American Society of Nephrology has created an initiative called the Kidney Health Initiative. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's, it's really exciting that um, this has come about. No, absolutely. Uh, so, so the Kidney Health Initiative, in essence, is a public-private partnership between the American Society of Nephrology and the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, and the goal of this public
public-private partnership is basically to try and bring together on one stage, on one platform, all of the stakeholders involved in the area of kidney disease. And that would include health professionals of all sorts, uh, uh, not just nephrologists, but surgeons and uh, <clears throat> and researchers and academicians, uh, uh, radiologists for vascular access that we were speaking about. So to bring professional organizations together, to bring patients and patient organizations together, critically I I important, and that's why I'm particularly glad we're having this talk on the uh, conversation on the renal support network. But in addition to professional organizations and patients to also bring at, to the same table industry and federal and regulatory agencies such as the FDA and CMS and also CDC and, and NIH. And the hope really is that by having all the stakeholders that are involved in the renal space coming together, talking together, that this partnership would really be able to facilitate the passage of drugs, devices, and biologics into the kidney space. The reason for having it, so I've told you about the structure and the organization, but the, the, the blunt reason for having it is that, that many of us feel uh, that there really isn't enough innovation in the kidney space. We sort of keep doing the same things that we've done previously. We don't really have new drugs, new devices, new processes of care that could hopefully have a transformative impact uh, on the lives of kidney patients. And our hope is that the Kidney Health Initiative, through its collaborative, multidisciplinary nature, will in fact be able to promote both innovation and safety in the kidney space, get newer drugs, devices, and biologics into the kidney space. Well, isn't it important, too, when all the stakeholders are at the table, if the FDA, if somebody representing the FDA is at the table and somebody with the National Institute of Health, and they can kind of hear the process of all the stakeholders uh, coming up with different ideas, or there might be um, a new a drug, there might be a new device, they might help get that to the patients faster if they're involved in part of the process. Is that is that one of the goals? Because if they're removed from the process of how we're debating and talking about it, then it's an additional time later on when you go to them. They're like, well, you didn't check this box off, so start over. <laughs> is that one of the reasons, too, to engage them in the process? No, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, I think the goal is that that if there is a collaborative environment where the FDA can be part of the discussion around the process of, of uh, you know, uh, how do we innovate, how do we get the right sorts of drugs into the right patient at the right time, that if the FDA and other regulatory agencies and other <clears throat> federal agencies are involved right from the get-go, that this would be, this would, that this collaborative effort would actually result in more innovation, a better, would facilitate the passage of drugs and devices into the renal space. And, and you know, I would say this, having been uh, involved with the Kidney Health Initiative for a year, I, I think the FDA uh, has been extremely supportive, extremely interested, and, and very collaborative in this. I think that this sort of partnership clearly fits into the, into the critical path initiative of the of the FDA in which they want to be at the forefront of, uh, of being able to do the right thing in terms of uh, innovating in the area of drug development. 
And I think that all of us, that is professional organizations, uh, uh, patient groups and industry can actually learn from the FDA just as uh, hopefully the FDA uh, will get a different perspective from its uh, collaboration and interactions with all of us. Well, it's it's kind of like being at college and you need to write some kind of college paper and you never ask the professor what they're looking for. So, you know, if you don't know what they're looking for, you can't deliver and get a good grade. So that's one of the reasons of having them at the table, right? Well, now, one of the things that gets, you know, people who have kidney disease very excited is stem cell. And, um, you know, do you have any thoughts on that? Is that something that, you know, we may see in the future of really helping? I'm going to answer this question sort of without my kidney health initiative uh, hat. I'm going to answer it, I think, as a nephrologist because... The Kidney Health Initiative has, has not really gone into this area, and I think there are, you know, uh, everyone has different views on this. But, but speaking as very clearly as Prabir Roy Chowdhury, you know, and nephrologist in Cincinnati, I, I would say that, you know, clearly there's a lot of excitement around stem cells. I think it's very important that we do the evaluation and the testing in the right way so that we don't raise hopes of patients in particular too high only to have them come crashing down. I I feel as a scientist that there is so much that we still don't know about stem cells uh, and I I think it's critical that we learn more or try and learn more about stem cells. So in other words, I guess what I'm saying is there's a lot of excitement in this area. I think we need to learn a lot more about the biology And we need to test out stem cell therapy in an appropriate, scientifically sound manner so that we can do the right thing uh, uh, for, for, for patients, really, for patients and their relatives and families. I know it's, it's, you know, there's so many different ways um, that we're learning about chronic kidney disease and controlling blood pressure and delaying the progression of chronic kidney disease. But why do you think that there's just so few therapies uh, coming into the market? Is it that seemed to be only in the kidney community or is that in all of the healthcare community? Very good question. Thank you. I think that the number of new drugs coming into the kidney field is perhaps not as much as the number of new drugs or the amount of innovation that's in cardiology or oncology, for example. And there was a really nice paper that came out a few years ago which uh, basically plotted on a graph the number of randomized clinical trials in the different specialties. And cardiology and oncology had curves that basically went up at a 45 or 50 degree angle. So they were going up and up and up, increasing every year. And right at the bottom, you had this flat green line almost parallel to the x-axis, so almost, so almost zero, a little bit above zero. That was right at the bottom, and that wasn't growing, and that was nephrology. Wow. So if you and, – and the reason that this is important is that randomized clinical trials convert into new drugs. If you don't have randomized clinical trials, you don't have clinical trials, you're not going to have new drugs. So I think nephrology is suffering from a relative lack of randomized clinical trials of new drugs, from a relative lack of innovation. And the Kidney Health Initiative, by plotting out 
pathways, for example, for clinical trials in nephrology, for some of the endpoints for different clinical trials in nephrology, for plotting out perhaps a clear or giving suggestions for a clear regulatory pathway to the FDA. I think all of these things, identifying the right endpoints for clinical trials, trying to move towards a well-defined regulatory pathway, promoting things like, you know, uh, uh, workshops to focus on what needs to be done in a particular area. All of these and many more, which I hope will come out of the Kidney Health Initiative, I think will allow for more innovation, for more drugs to be tested in the nephrology field. Because if a company, for example, that has some interesting products that may have a benefit in, let's say, blocking diabetic nephropathy or, in my interest, in fixing vascular access. So it's got some interesting products. But if, as a community, we don't have clear endpoints for the clinical trials, if, as a community, we don't have a well-defined regulatory pathway that can be followed, then the enthusiasm for, bringing, for doing all of these clinical trials uh, uh, with these agents that they may have becomes less. So, you know, the hope is that by having this sort of multi-pronged push in many different areas, the Kidney Health Initiative will actually be able to allow for more drugs to be devices to be tested in the renal space. Well, you know, I know at uh, ASN it was exciting because, you know, at the end last day they had the breakthrough um, update and, you know, one of the new uh, products that's coming on the market or I think it just passed stage three clinical trials was a potassium binder where you like sprinkle the potassium on the food and absorbs the potassium and um, uh, which, you know, sounds pretty good to a patient who, you know, had a high potassium and had a cardiac arrest from it and, uh, would really help people who have kidney disease, you know, be able to eat food and and not be so afraid of it. And is one of the areas that, uh, you know, I've had to come to realize this as an advocate in the community is that payment drives practice. And is payment one of the reasons or is there funding, is that one of the reasons the studies are so low? Because is there a lack of doctors who want to do research or is it a lack of funding to do the research? And then once the product may become available, is that another, uh, pre- it helps prevent the product coming to market because of reimbursement, which therefore nobody really wants to get behind doing research if they can't bring the product to market. So do you have any um, comments on that? I think everything that you mentioned is important. Uh, you know, having a trained workforce and manpower to do clinical research, having clear endpoints for clinical trials, having a clear regulatory pathway for drugs and devices in the renal space, and finally, but critically importantly, as you mentioned, and I I omitted to say that uh, just a few minutes earlier, having CMS in my mind at the table early on to make sure that this novel drug or device that everyone is excited about is, in fact, something that there will be payment for. And I think that a very important part of the Kidney Health Initiative is that we do have CMS involved as a member of the Kidney Health Initiative, and we have a CMS representative, actually, on our board of directors. So you you couldn't have an extremely 
important and, and relevant point, Laurie. Well, in the 90s, um, I got to work with a Dr. Robert Stoyer, who was the inventor of uh, Critline, blood volume monitoring. And, um, you know, I was basically the second person who presented that product to the country and traveled all over to over 500 dialysis units. And I believe this product still should be a standard of care. And, you know, Fresenius bought it a couple of years back, and it's getting more um, use in the community. But here was this incredible product, and it wasn't reimbursed. And it was just so frustrating to hear that. Like, yeah, I love it. I just can't afford it. And, um, and, you know, it did show that it, it could really prevent hospitalizations and different things. And I just, you know, it's so frustrating. It does get down to payment drives practice. So if you have some great technology or great medication, if there isn't payment for it, it's not going to, you know, take fire across the country and help people. The other part of it is that sometimes that as a community, it's important for all the different stakeholders in the renal space to come together to say that, hey, this is really important. So it's very different if it comes from patients and patient organizations, from a lot of professional organizations, as compared to just one company or one person saying that this is something that should be paid. Now, now I will say this, we are not, the Kidney Health Initiative is an organization that, that you know, we're not a lobbying organization. We're not, you know, saying we're going you know, to support this or not support this at all. That's critically important. What we are is we are an organization where all the stakeholders are at the same table, and we are an organization that does a lot of projects. And so potentially, you know, going back to the Critline, Critline uh, sort of example, uh, uh, you know, a, a project for an assessment of what it really does so that we can see where we are. Those are the sorts of things that the Kidney Health Initiative perhaps, uh, you know, could do and so could help in the scenario that, that you're talking about. Yes, you know, because, you know, if you had a group of people that could help with that, because as a small company in the 90s, they were really trying to struggle to get the data and the information they needed. And so they would have really benefited early on with an initiative like this. So hopefully it'll help other devices and products that come forward not have to work so hard to prove that they have a valuable product. And I would say that if for small companies in particular, because I think a lot of the innovation that we see in medicine comes from small startup companies, which then get bought up by larger companies, I guess. But but I think that for a small company in particular, if in fact there was a clear set of clinical trial endpoints, uh, a relatively clear sort of regulatory pathway, and then I think the benefit to smaller companies in particular, because there's not, they don't have that much, uh, uh, as many resources as, the, as large pharma, I think the benefit could actually be much more smaller companies by having a well-defined pathway for getting drugs, devices, you know, biologics into the kidney space.
Well, over my uh, 40 years of living with kidney disease, I've seen a lot of different advancements, and I hope that uh, in the future we can see a lot more. So, well, thank you very much, Dr. Roy Chaudhary, to explain this to us. And I believe you can go to asnonline.org and uh, click on Kidney Health Initiative if you want to learn more. Right. Laurie, I just wanted to say thank you very much for having me on this program. And uh, I I will say one thing that I... uh, I omitted to, and that is, uh, I think patients and patient organizations can play a huge role in public-private partnerships such as the Kidney Health Initiative. And I think that we have an active involvement of, of patients and patient organizations, including the Renal Support Network. And, you know, for me personally, uh, and I think for many others on the Kidney Health Initiative, we have learned so much from the input uh, from patients, and uh, I, I think that that's a critically important part Uh, of what the KHI wants to do to to have patient input, to have patients on our different work groups as we move forward with different projects. I look forward to toasting with you on the next innovation. All right. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much for your um, dedication to improving the lives of people with kidney disease. Um, On behalf of patients, we're very grateful. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.